Welcome to the Whiskey and Lemon podcast. Today we're going to be talking about staying grounded. This past year has been extremely challenging for everyone and adding social injustices, gun violence, illness, working from home, and then getting used to working in an office again, children being out of school, and then them adapting to being in school again, getting creative with exercise, a lack of travel, a decrease in enjoying nature, missing smiles, hugs relationships, friendships has only added to the layer of stress. So if you're listening, I am proud of you for just getting through the past year. This episode is all about managing anxiety, self-care, and not letting our emotions hinder us from moving forward and staying grounded in order to still have that mental clarity to make the decisions we set forth for ourselves. There was a poll asking a few people what they thought the biggest work distraction was, and the majority said anxiety. When asked the biggest distraction in relationships, they said work. Did you know that people that maintain strong and valuable relationships with those they love are healthier and live longer? In order to balance work and life, we must prioritize, compartmentalize, manage our time properly, stay connected, and know when to say no. You may find that a valuable phone call to a relative or friend not only nurtures relationships, but can really bring your stress levels down. Due to some of the previous things that I mentioned, I, along with many of you, have been dealing with a lot of anxiety. So here are a few things that I've been doing to try to keep myself afloat. Number one, I make it a point to get a sufficient amount of sleep each night. Number two, I stay in contact with my family. This pandemic has been so hard on me and everyone else. And I miss hugs and just being next to my relatives. This has really changed the trajectory of our lives. A lot of us don't know how to be social anymore. If social media and cell phones that can do everything wasn't bad enough, keeping us away from actually interacting with people, this certainly did not help. Number three, I do yoga almost daily. Number four, I get on the phone. Sure, texting is convenient, but hearing voices for me is better. Seeing faces over FaceTime for me is great. Number five, I cook and I enjoy my food. Number six, I get fresh air and sunlight. Number seven, I stretch my body and mind on the daily. Number eight, I listen to music and listen to things much more than I watch them. Number nine, I pray asking to experience something beautiful. Number 10, I reach out to those I care about, not just for me, but for them as well. Number 11, I know how much it warms my heart when I get a call or text, just telling me how much my friendship or support is appreciated. So why not give that back to someone else? And that pretty much ties in with number 10 as well. Number 12, I build my resilience and live life to prevent regret. Number 13, I smile even if it cannot be seen. Number 14, I remain hopeful. Number 15, I love and reflect. And by this, I mean I find it very important to always try to give love. No matter how stressed or upset something or someone can make me, I try to pause and try to address things in a loving manner. If I find that I did not do that, I reflect and try to adjust accordingly. I think it's much easier to get angry. It takes strength and inner happiness to manage your frustration and turn that into love. I've learned that two angry people don't make a positive situation. I try my best to de-escalate and try to view conflict as a 
us against the issue versus me against them. So viewing conflict as how can we address this problem instead of how can we attack each other? Number 16, I allow myself to be sad and cry. I think it's very important to allow your sad emotions and happy emotions to have their place. Because if you try to ignore those emotions, they're only going to resurface later. Number 17, I remain open to learning and seeking to understand. Different perspectives, new foods, cultures, ideas, music, and even things about myself. Number 18, I actively try to discover who I am and what things are important to me. Number 19, I remain authentic. I think one of the best things that we can do to hold on to inner peace and happiness is to remain authentic. If you are pretending to be something else or aspiring something else simply because you think that's going to make you more liked, you will never achieve real happiness. If you pretend to like the beach just because it seems like everyone else likes it and you hate it, then when someone surprises you with a fun-filled day at the beach, you will actually be disappointed. If the wilderness is your thing, embrace that. Manifest what brings you joy. And number 20, I try my very best to make the information that I provide on this podcast a part of my personal practices. I have discussed ways to show compassion in previous solo episodes, and I would like to add two more that I believe also go in line with today's topic. The first one is self-discipline. There is happiness and satisfaction found in personal growth. Discipline means regulation. It is important to set goals, and if you're anything like me, you like to make little goals for your big goals. Enjoy the process, but do not lose sight of the objective. Continue to self-improve, and there is no doubt that you will acquire joy and a sense of fulfillment. And the second one is seeing the good in the bad. Things don't always go as planned. And if we're being honest, things usually don't. If you think back to some of the weakest moments that you've had in life, they were most likely followed by your strongest. We have all been in a place where we struggled with something so difficult that we did not know how we were going to overcome it. Well, the bright side is you survived. No matter what hardship we've been dealt with, we have learned something from it. You are stronger because of it. You have a newfound perspective of it. And maybe, just maybe, you can show more compassion to others because of it as well. When we can get ourselves out of a constant place of anxiety, we make better decisions. We all find ourselves asking others for advice, but how happy are we with our decisions when we don't make them ourselves? Even if it's the right choice, we feel better knowing that we did what we wanted. If you have a big decision to make and have a sinking feeling and cannot envision it being positive, then chances are it is not the right way to go because you're already conjuring up that self-fulfilling prophecy. If you have a tight feeling but also feel excitement and you can envision a future in that decision, what you could be feeling is just nerves. That is normal. Every big journey we are about to embark upon should give us a little bit of tightness. It's a big decision and we aren't ready for it. And I mean, in the words of Jerry Seinfeld, you can't be ready for it. It's growth. It's going to be new. Here are three tips that can help you make the right decisions. Number one, stop surveying. We have all asked our friends and family advice on what we should do about something. But at the end of the day, we end up doing what we want. We take the advice that we want to take. If you're contemplating a big decision, stop surveying everyone waiting to get the answer that you want. It really doesn't matter. The best thing you can do with other people when it comes to making your decision is analyze how you act when discussing the decision. Does it make you feel agitated or sad? 
or does it ignite excitement or anticipation? Sometimes we can feel a little anxious about a decision simply because it is something different. It is your job to determine whether or not it is because that decision may take you out of your comfort zone. And if it does, it may just be a step in the right direction. Number two, instincts and proactivity. Just look in the mirror and ask yourself if this is a good decision or a bad one. Can you envision the good that can come out of each outcome? Can you imagine the bad that can come out of each outcome? If you're a little hazy on one, it might help to discuss the possible outcomes with someone if they would be a part of that decision. Express to them, this is what scares me. How will we handle this problem if it presents itself? Also, don't forget the old pen and paper. Write down your pros and your cons. With that being said, if you have a trusted friend or family member and you're just really torn on what decision you should make, then sure, sit down and talk with them. But when I say don't survey, I mean don't ask every single one of your friends until you get the majority in your favor. And number three, it's be in control. Take action that is consistent with what you want. If your decision is to pursue something, do just that. Take it into your hands. Take the time to lay out exactly what you want what your expectations are, and how you envision this decision being a positive impact. This way, your voice is heard. If this is a decision that only you would be aware of, make sure you write out your goals for this decision so that you can properly measure if things are playing out the way you intended them to. In the words of Karen Salmonson, the best things in life are often waiting for you at the exit ramp of your comfort zone. Once you've made a decision, here are 10 ways that you can remain confident in it. Number one, identify your goal. Number two, understand the details of your goal. Number three, thoroughly understand the details of your options. Number four, decide which option will put you closer to your desired result. Number five, be open-minded and willing to fully commit to your decision. Number six, determine which option will best enhance your future. Number seven, ask yourself if you will regret not taking the chance. Number eight, ask yourself if you are up for the challenge. Number nine, be confident in your decision. And number 10, define success and track it along the way. Whether you want to sleep all day, spend a day in or out with your significant other, have a dinner party with family or friends, enjoy a live show, or indulge in some sports. It's all about how you do it. You have to first wake up with the mindset that your day is going to be amazing. You want to wake up energized, focused, and confident that you will be productive and successful in accomplishing your goals. If an obstacle seems to bring you down, immediately snap yourself out of it and think of how you're going to turn that negative into a positive. See the challenge as an opportunity to make yourself proud. Do this so that you can walk away not defeated, but delighted that you were able to resolve such an issue. If you are staying in and getting some rest, make sure that you use that to your advantage. Don't sleep through the whole day, but get up and do small things to pamper yourself in between. If you're going to stay in, take a relaxing bath, give yourself a facial, watch a good movie. If you want to relax outdoors, get a massage, lay out on the beach, take a walk. If you're going to enjoy your day with others, wake up early, get yourself in a positive frame of mind and know that you are going to have a great day. Make a quick note of how you would like to see your day play out. 
If the plan is simply to just let the day run its course, try writing down a couple of things you want to make sure that you do. For example, if you will be with family for the day, you may want to spend some extra time talking with an older relative or setting aside time to play with younger ones. If you are spending a day with a significant other, make sure that you verbalize your appreciation for them or anybody else you care about for that matter. Communicate. Take some time throughout the day to talk with someone that you trust. Talk about what's new and your short-term goals. And also ask about theirs. Visualize your great day, future success, and how those you care about fit into that future. Exercise, whether it's a 30-minute run, an hour in the gym, or 15 minutes to stretch. Physical rejuvenation supports mental rejuvenation. One last thing that you cannot forget is the the end-of-the-night wrap-up. Before dozing off to bed, one of the best things I have started doing is thinking back on how my day went. Do not contemplate on any wrong that may have happened, but think of the good moments. Times you will continue to cherish, things you laughed at and learned from. This will only help for tomorrow. There's a quote that I saw by Lana Del Rey, and I really wanted to just throw this in at the end of the episode because it really resonated with me and it made me smile. It's when your happiness is someone else's happiness, that is love. And as always, I hope this information was helpful for you. If you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and leave a review.